Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us. This week, Pastor Harrison is sharing a word on the leading of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to try to leave it all on the table today. Can we do that? And so I'm going to do my best. We do our best. And I already know Jesus is going to do his best. So uh, we're just going to be here today in Numbers chapter 9. Uh, I've got a long passage of scripture, but... Uh, Numbers chapter 9, it says, On the day the tabernacle, the tents of the covenant law, was set up, the cloud covered it. From evening till morning, the cloud above the tabernacle looked like fire, and that is how it continued to be. The cloud covered it, covered it, and at night it looked like fire. Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Whenever the cloud settled, the Israelites encamped, and at the Lord's command, the Israelites set out, and at his command, they encamped. As long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in camp. When the cloud remained over the tabernacle for a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's orders and did not set out. We're halfway home. Sometimes, someone say sometimes. Sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle only a few days. And at the Lord's command, they would encamp. And at his command, they would set out. Sometimes, someone say sometimes. sometimes. The clouds stayed only from evening till morning. And when it lifted in the morning, they set out. Whether by day or by night, whenever the cloud lifted, they set out. Whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for a day, or a month, or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out. But when it lifted, they would set out. At the Lord's command, they encamped. And at the Lord's command, they set out. They obeyed the Lord's order in accordance with his command through Moses. Last message we're going to preach in this place uh, is called Chase the Cloud. Chase the Cloud. Come on, somebody. Can we clap our hands one more time? You can be seated today. So glad that you could be here uh, this morning. If you do not know, my name is Harrison. Um, man, just honored, excited you could be here today with us. So glad. Uh, as I said, this is uh, kind of a bittersweet morning. This is our last service here in this building, uh, which is crazy to think. I did uh, some rough math. And you guys can fact check me if you want later. Uh, but this actually, I didn't plan this, uh, but I think this is the 200th week that we've been in this building. We've been here for 200 weeks, and so, man, that's a long time, almost four years, and uh, yeah, it's just, it's crazy to think that this is the last service at this place. If you know, uh, if you don't know the story of our church, we began in 2018, uh, we were in my basement very briefly for uh, about four or five months, and then in September 2018, we came here, and uh, we rented this place from Victory Life Church, and um, although... This is not our church. This is really the only home that our church has known. And so uh, that's why I said today is kind of a bittersweet moment. It's bitter in the sense that we had so many great times here, but it's sweet in the sense that we're moving on to something amazing. Uh, and uh, we're just uh, heading into a new building, uh, which we're super excited about. And so as we kind of look forward to that, I want to look back as well at all that God has done. And so today is kind of a celebration, looking back, it's also looking forward. Um, but I really want to take a second uh, 
to just honor Victory Eleven Church. Now they have no representative troops here, uh, as far as I know. But uh, with that being said, um, have it, had it not been for their graciousness to allow us to rent here, uh, we would have no church home. And um, even when we started, man, like they had a price point for what they wanted us to rent, and I was like, we ever have gotten the money? Can we go lower? Um, and they were like, sure. And so it's just little things like that that have allowed us to get to where we are today. And so. They are not here, but can we just honor Victory Love Church? Can we honor? We're just so thankful for them. And, and man, if you guys are prayer warriors, just encourage you, pray for this church. Uh, pray for Pastor Scott, who is the pastor of Victory Love Church. Because we just believe, man, we need more churches in St. Albert. We need more people uh, just dedicated to reaching lost people. And so, man, so pumped for what God has done. Every decision for Jesus in this place, every baptism in this place. So excited, we're just believing, we're saying it's the best is still yet to come. So, today, I want to share a message. Um, I think it's a timely message, especially for our church as a whole, but I think it's also going to be timely for us individuals. And what I want to do today is I want to kind of explore really what it looks like to follow God. And I think this message is going to be helpful for so many people, but it's going to be especially helpful for people that, like, they don't really know where they stand with God. Like, I'm, I don't consider myself a Christian, or I'm kind of in, like, my, my pre-Christian phase, whatever it may be. I think this message will be really helpful, because what I want to do is I kind of want to show you how God works. Because I think for a lot of people outside of church, and unfortunately, I would even say people inside church, there's an idea that says, well, like, an outside church is maybe like, well, there is a God. And even sometimes in church, like, well, I believe in God. But both share this common picture that says if there is a God, he's kind of far, he's distant, he doesn't really care about us, he doesn't really care what we're doing, where we're going, and really what my life looks like next. And I just believe that the picture of God that we have in the Bible could not be further from what I just explained. Because I just, I just want us to understand this today. If there is a God, I'm not here to prove whether there is or not today. That could be another day. But if there is a God, specifically the God of the Bible, what I want you to understand about him is that he cares deeply. He cares deeply about us. If, if you want to know anything of the character of God, understand he cares about you. So what we're going to do today, we're going to study Numbers chapter 9. I'm pretty confident that I have not preached from the book of Numbers um, in this uh, building over the last four years, but hey, 200 weeks in, why not go to numbers today? So, I need to give a little context for this passage and kind of where we're going. So, the book of Numbers is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Is that right? I'm a pastor. Um, what was that? Fourth book of the Bible uh, is the book of Numbers. So, right at the beginning, uh, and, and this is the Old Testament. And so, what that means, a couple things you need to understand. In the Old Testament, things are a little bit different than the New Testament. Probably the biggest difference is in the, in the Old Testament, uh, Jesus has not yet shown up in the flesh. And so what that means is as we read Old Testament texts, we need to read it through a lens of those of us who understand that Jesus has come and is now currently dwelling among us through his Holy Spirit. So what that means then is that some of the things we're going to look at today, we have to understand it through the lens of them, but also us here. So I'm going to try to explain it to make it make sense. So in this passage, there was a large nation called Israel. And Israel at this time, um, the Bible calls them God's people. 
God's chosen people. And so, again, if you kind of want to picture Israel, um, modern-day language is kind of like the church today. Right? The Bible actually says that the church is spiritual Israel. So we are, we are a picture of Israel. And so what we have in the Old Testament is this nation of Israel is enslaved in a place called Egypt. In the book of Exodus, God brings Israel out of Egypt. He does all this amazing, crazy things. I encourage you, go read the deliverance story found in the book of Exodus. If you don't like to read, check out Prince of Egypt tonight, and you can get a quick recap um, of the story. It's pretty accurate, not fully biblically accurate, but you get the picture. God delivers Israel out of Egypt. Everyone following? And so God's people have been delivered out of Egypt, and now they are trying to figure out what is next. What's next? God takes them from somewhere and is bringing them to something that is next. And what we're going to see is that as God is taking them from their previous destination to their next destination, God cares. God cares about where they're going. That's what we're going to see. I want you to understand this. God cares about your next. If you are here today, you're in a transition season. You don't know exactly what is next. I want to tell you, whether it's a new job, whether it's a new career, whether it's a new relationship, if you're married, it's not a new relationship. Whatever your next is, God cares. God cares. And, and I know for a lot of us today that are moving on to a next, I think this may be irrelevant. For us as a church, we are moving to a next. We're moving to a new season. And we can have confidence that God cares. And I kind of want to show us a little bit about how God works and how and why he's writing so, Numbers chapter 9. Can we get into it? So, verse 15 again. Um, it says, On the day the tabernacle, the tent of the covenant law was set up, the cloud covered it. From evening till morning, the cloud above the tabernacle looked like fire. This is how it continued to be. The cloud covered it, and at night it looked like fire. When the cloud lifted, the Israelites set out. When the cloud settled, they encamped at the Lord's command, they set out. So, essentially what you're going to see here is that Israel is following the cloud. They're following the cloud. Now, the cloud in this moment, it represents the presence of God. It is the presence of God. And so, literally, by night, the presence of God is a cloud that looks like fire. During the day, it's a cloud that looks like smoke. And so, what we see, again, God delivers the people from something. Now, he's taking them somewhere. And it is the cloud that is taking them in this direction. Now, what's interesting, I really kind of want to hold on this for a second. It's important. I think one of the reasons that we fail so many times when it comes to new seasons or next seasons or even times where God is taking us from somewhere. You see, a lot of times God will deliver us from something, but then we don't go anywhere. So this is important. Anytime we try and leave something, we must always go somewhere. Can I, can I break it down a little more practically? What, what this means, like if you're trying to stop if you're trying to stop watching so much Netflix, like I want to stop something, you have to go somewhere, and you have to do something new, because trying to just clench your fist won't be enough. If you're struggling with a legitimate addiction, it's not enough to just leave something, you have to go somewhere. If you're trying to leave a toxic relationship, what you need is not just to leave something, you got to go somewhere. Does that make sense? And so God knows that as he delivers Israel from Egypt, it's not enough to just deliver them, he has to take them somewhere. And so what we see in this passage is that the guide that delivers them is this cloud, is this presence of God. And, and it's just this amazing picture. 
Because I want us to imagine this, this nation of Israel. They're set out in the wilderness. They're, they're going, they've got the cattle, the cows, all this stuff, and they're literally being led by a cloud. Can you guys picture it for a second? Now, the cloud at this time it represents a couple of things. It represents direction from God. It represents protection from God. It represents the favor of God. And so, literally, all the nations that were surrounding Israel, they were seeing this nation moving nomadically through the desert, being led by a cloud. Protection, guidance, favor. I don't know about you guys, but when I hear and read that story, I'm like, man, I want a little cloud in my life. I would love some direction. I would love protection. I would love favor. I would love a cloud. I came here to tell you today, we actually have a cloud. Now, I told you there's the Old Testament, New Testament. The beauty is that the cloud in the Old Testament represented the presence of God. Us as believers of Jesus, we actually have access to the same presence of God. The Bible calls it the Holy Spirit. And so listen, the cloud, which was to find protection, favor, guidance, was, was a presence. We actually have something better than a presence in our person. The Holy Spirit is an actual person. And the Holy Spirit promises to guide, to direct, and to give you actual favor. Jesus says it like this in John chapter 14. He says, all of this is about to leave. I have spoken while still with you. He says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said. So, so Jesus makes this promise before he leaves. He says, and guess what? He sends the Holy Spirit. And if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, guess what? You have access to that Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit promises to guide us, to teach us, to form us, to shape us. What an amazing picture. Because a lot of us can read this story and say, man, like, how cool would it be? Like, I wish I had something like that to just guide my life. And they would just tell me where to go. I'm here today to tell you you have it. And more so. But I know for a lot of people, because it's like, ah, there's enough for the whole life. Like, just ask God for guidance. God will give you guidance. You guys ever been there? Like, I've asked God for guidance. I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel like I know what my next step. So, how then, or what does it even mean to experience the Holy Spirit? And how can I experience that divine guidance, that divine protection, that, that divine knowledge? How, how can I even understand that? So, I, I want to look at the cloud, because the cloud represents the Holy Spirit for us. And the lesson from the cloud is the same lesson of how we experience the Holy Spirit. And I'm really going to start with this. Are you guys ready? So, it says, it's number chapter 9. It says, we already read this, but I want us to see it. It says, on the day the tabernacle, the tent of the covenant law was set up, the cloud covered it. From evening till morning, the cloud was above the tabernacle and it looked like fire. So, you may not have got this, but I need us to understand. What we see here is the tabernacle and the tent of the covenant law. So, the covenant law was literally like the Ten Commandments um, and the old law that God had given Moses. And so, God gives Moses the law. And then when the presence of God comes, the presence of God is literally intricately connected to the law of God. This is important. The presence of God goes hand in hand with the law of God. Everyone following? And so the tabernacle, which encased the law, was literally surrounded by the presence of God. So there's a point that the book of Numbers is trying to get us to understand. And the point is pretty simple. 
but in reality, it can be kind of hard to live out. If I want to experience the guidance of God, I need to be committed to obedience to God. No one clapped because you guys didn't really like that one. If I want direction in my life, I must be committed to obedience. You can say it like this. Direction from God goes hand in hand with obedience to God. The presence of God was intricately connected to the law. You see, so many of us want the next step. Like, God, just give me the next step. But truth is, we haven't been faithful to the first step. You guys know what I'm saying? Like, God, I just, I, I need a five-year plan, Jesus. Just show me the future. But God's saying, hey, six months ago, I asked you to take your first step. And, and I'm, I'm still waiting on that first step. God, give my life direction, please. He's like, bro, I told you to open your Bible three months ago. You see, if we want direction from God, it always is connected to obedience to God. Now, some of you guys are saying, well, Harrison, it's an Old Testament passage you're, reach, you're reading. And, you know, like that's old. And like Jesus in the New Testament with his dreadlocks, like he doesn't really care about what I do. I don't have to be obedient to him. Like that's Old Testament pastor. Holy Spirit will guide me no matter what. Can I share a passage of scripture in the New Testament? This is the same passage in John chapter 14. Jesus says this. He says, if you love me, keep my commands. And then I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you, to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world can't accept him because it never sees him or knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be within you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So he has this promise of the spirit that will guide us, direct us, this Holy Spirit that a whole bunch of people can't handle, calls it the spirit of truth. You want to know what this verse is really saying? Jesus is saying, you can't handle the truth. But he says, if, if you want to experience the Holy Spirit, he says, first off, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. What is he saying? He's saying direction from God goes hand in hand with obedience to him. The more I, obedient I am, the more God will direct my steps. The more I submit to the ways of Jesus, the more that he will guide my steps. Now, I want you to understand this. Guidance is different than salvation. Salvation actually requires zero obedience. It's just a matter of responding. Jesus will find you where you are, messed up, wilding, broken, stuck in sin, and he will literally pull you out of it. In order for God to come look after you, to come chase after you, he's not waiting for you to get your act together. He'll take you as you are. So salvation is different than direction. I can be saved literally doing nothing, and I've preached 14 weeks about that. Salvation is from, the, from God alone. But if I want direction, come on, somebody. If, if I want the next step, if I want to go further, obedience goes hand in hand with direction. Does that make sense? You see, one of the things when I talk about obedience is pretty simple. Like, there, there's things that God calls us to do, but there's also sin. Like, there, there's just stuff in our life where we just don't want to do it. Right? But inevitably, God will say, hey, guess what? Like, I, I need you to stop doing that particular thing. Because whatever that thing is, whatever that sin is, that sin actually holds you back from experiencing the presence of God. Why? It's not because when you sin, God says, you know what? I can't even look at this person anymore. I'm so disappointed. 
No, what happens is actually the opposite. When we sin, we don't want to look at God. That's really what happens. And so the more that we sin, the more that we are stuck in this habitual sin, whatever it may be, the further we move away from God. Why? Because sin brings one thing and that's shame. And we see it from the very beginning of the Bible. When we as humans mess up, we have a tendency. You want to know what it is? It's to run away from God. You want to know what God's tendency is? It's to run after you. Can I tell you something theologically speaking? You did not find God. God found you. You did not attain salvation. God saved you. That's just how it works. But the more that I am stuck in habitual sin, because I can sin once really small. Like maybe I swore and it's like, oh my gosh, I feel really bad. But Jesus forgive me. But the more I sin and the more it becomes a habit and the more continual it is, the harder it is for me to come back to the Father. Why? Because of shame. And so the shame actually disconnects me from God. I don't want to get into the Bible. I don't want to pray. And if I'm not praying and I'm not getting into his word, how do I expect direction? And then so for a lot of us, we still pray the same prayers. God, please guide my life to show me my next step. But we refuse to come close to God because of shame. And so when I say that, that um, direction goes hand in hand with obedience, what that means is this. If there is something in our life that God is calling us to do, or something in our life that God is calling us to stop, the reason that he wants us to do it is because he wants to take us somewhere. He has something better for us. And I know for a lot of us, especially leaders in this room, if you consider yourself a leader, I want you to understand this. The enemy wants to take you out. He wants to neuter you. I have a big burning passion in my life right now. If you are a man, guess what? You have a calling on your life to lead. And that calling on your life is not from me, it's from God. Men, you have a divine calling to lead. And so you want to know what that means? It means the devil wants to neuter you. Because if I can take out the head of the household, I can take out the second in command, the first lady, then the kids know where to go. And so there are men in this room that are stuck in shame. And the reason you need to get out of shame is not just for yourself. It's because there's a generation of people under you that God is calling you to lead. And how can I lead them if I have no direction? The truth is I can't. I was talking to a friend this week. He said, man, my hope is just... Um, I want to be a good father for my daughter. I just want to tell her what's right and what's wrong. And, um, and he's not really following Jesus. And I said, well, like, if, if you're not following Jesus, how do you know what is right and what is wrong? How do you know you're actually making the right decision? Because I told him, I said, listen, I don't trust myself that much. Because like, I may think I'm going the right direction. I might think my feelings are accurate, but I actually need a cloud in my life sometimes. Come on, somebody. that will say, hey, Harrison, you're wrong. The more I'm stuck in sin, the more I'm stuck in shame. When the cloud's coming towards me, I'm going the opposite direction. Israel was chasing the cloud. A lot of us are running away from it. Jake, could I have a water, please? Thank you so much. I love you. That's my main man, Jake. Been here from the beginning. Come on, somebody. <clears throat> Listen, y'all, I'm preaching. My voice is preaching harder than you guys are responding, so... Listen, if you're a leader in this room, I, I speak to men and fathers. It's a big passion of mine right now. But there's more leaders than just men and fathers. If you're a leader in this room, listen, you've got a target on your back. First John chapter 3, it says, <clears throat> everyone who makes 
a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Thank you so much. You're the man. Come on, give Jake a big round of applause. Again, everyone who practices sinning makes a practice of lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he, Jesus, appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one, look at this, who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. This is really important. The more I am sinning, the less I know God. Because I can only know him when I'm in relationship with him. And I can only know him and be in relationship with him when I put myself in proximity to him. And if I'm stuck in sin, then shame just creates a barrier. And so I want to say this because I believe and I said that for a lot of us, we're, we're in a certain season that God wants to do something in your life. Every new season requires repentance. Can I say that again? No one claps for that kind of... Every new season requires repentance. To say, hey God, I want more direction, so I need to alleviate myself of more shame. And, And the more you grow closer to Jesus, the more Jesus reveals who you are. And the truth is this, the closer I get to Jesus, this is, this is going to sound weird, so stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. The closer I get to Jesus, the more shameful I will appear. Why? Because I understand myself better. And so the beauty is that God doesn't want to keep us in shame. So the closer I go to him, the more I see my true self. It just means the more my life should be filled with repentance. Because when we ask for repentance, he is faithful and just to forgive us. And what he wants to do is he wants to remove our sin. We know that, but he also wants to take away our shame. And so every time we do not repent, we are robbing God of the opportunity to remove our shame. Whatever your next step is, it's going to require a level of repentance. Now, I really did a number on my voice. Can you guys hear it or just my head? You can hear it? Thank you. <laughs> Lord, give me breath in my lungs. Come on, somebody. <clears throat> Whatever the first step is, we'll never get the second step until we take the first step. Just want us to understand that. <clears throat> Whatever you're asking God to do in your life, until you take the first step, you will never get the second step. The, the best example I can give is kind of like I think of my girls. Um, they're two and a half years old, sometimes wilding, sometimes cute, sometimes amazing. Um, <clears throat> but oftentimes, if we want to take them places, right, whether it's like to go get ice cream or to like um, a spray park or something like that. But a lot of times, because they're two and a half around our house, they're naked. And so in order for us to take them from the nude to the ice cream plates or whatever we're going, there's a whole bunch of little steps that it requires of us. Here's the issue. A lot of times, every step of the way, they want to fight back, right? They, they're in the nude and they have attitude. 
and it's just so funny because like, I think it's a picture so much of our lives where like God has this amazing thing for us, this amazing destination for us. And oftentimes over here, we're fighting God when God's just trying to put our pants back on. How's that for an illustration? Listen, you weren't so put together when Jesus found you. Come on, somebody. I was naked, I was in shame, and I was afraid. But a lot of times we just fight back. It's like, well, my way is better. I just know more. I have a better understanding. But until we give up and allow God to begin to clothe us, we begin to allow God to guide our steps intricately and intimately, we'll never get to the destinations that he has for us. And so sometimes you just got to give up. I want you to understand something. The next that God has for you in the next season, there are things in your previous season that have no place in the next season. I'm going to tell you right now, in your next season, pornography has no place. It's got no place. In your next season that God has for you, gambling has no place. There's no room for it. In the next season, in the new season, drunkenness has no place. In the next season, come on somebody, anxiety, insecurity, it has no place. So how do I get, come on. So we don't like this part, but chasing the cloud, it requires obedience. It requires repentance. It requires me to say, hey, there's just some things in the next season that I can't bring from the first season, from my last season. Direction from God <clears throat> goes hand in hand with obedience to God. I got two more points. So prayer warriors, pray for my voice here, people. <clears throat> Numbers nine, it says sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle only a few days. At the Lord's command, they would encamp, and at his command, they would set out. Sometimes the cloud stayed from evening till morning. When it lifted the morning, it set out, whether by day or by night. Whenever the cloud lifted, they set out, whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days or a month or a year. The Israelites would remain in camp and not set out, but when it lifted, they would set out. <clears throat> Here's the second point I want us to write down. <clears throat> Following Jesus is never linear. What is linear? A straight line. Following Jesus is never a straight line. You want to chase the cloud? Come on, somebody. It's not going to be a straight line. Now, when I say chase the cloud, I'm not saying like God's running away from you. I've already made that point clear. But what that means is that the direction that God has is often different than the direction that you have. And the place that you would go is often different than the place that God would go. You see, <clears throat> we can't miss this, but it literally says sometimes the nation would stay for a month or a year, and it says sometimes they'd stay for two days. Now, on the low end, the nation of Israel, like hundreds of thousands. On the high end, millions. And so I don't know about you, but whatever the number is, hundreds of thousands of people with cattle and kids. I talked about my kids, but like a whole nation of kids camping for one day. Then God says, move. I'd be like, I just got comfortable. We just set out the outhouse. Like, what do you mean move? It's only been a day. But listen, following Jesus is never linear. And so you can say it like this. Following Jesus isn't always easy. Yeah. 
It's not always easy. It's not easy to build roots and, and, and place yourself and plant yourself in a place. And God says, hey, it's time to move to the next. That's not easy. But that's what he does. That's what he does. It says, again, it says whether two days or a month or a year, it's millions on the move. Listen, as God is calling you to move in your life, it won't always be easy. Do not be mistaken. When I talk about the things that have no place in the next season of our life, it's not going to be easy. It's not easy to put to breath, to, to death an addiction. It's not easy to end friendships that are toxic, relationships that are killing. It's not easy. But following Jesus is never linear. It's never linear. And so for us as a church, come on, somebody. <clears throat> Let's get back to why we're all here. We're moving on to a new season. And it's not always easy. I'm about to, for those that call Kingdom Church home, we're upheaving your lives. It's so funny, like for a lot of people that came to our church, <clears throat> um, they had a history of going to church um, on Sunday. And then when they found out we were on Saturday, they're like, okay. Sure, but my weekend's flipped upside down. I used to do it this way, and now I'm doing it this way. And a couple of years, some of you guys have adjusted. And now we're moving to Sunday. And some of you guys were like, Harrison, like, are we going to Sunday in the new building? Because um, like, I just kind of got used to Saturday. And like, I like the flow of the weekend, and... Um, I'm done by 11 o'clock and I don't got to think about God ever again until. <laughs> but following Jesus is never linear. And so if I want to follow Jesus, I got to kiss comfort goodbye. I got to kiss my personal preferences goodbye. Why? Because I'm chasing the cloud. And the cloud doesn't always move how I want him to move. Now, now, now listen, because I talked about we're, we're moving into a new building, into a new season. We're moving to a whole new day. I want you to understand there is a reason that we are moving from Saturday to Sunday for our service. Number one, we're chasing the cloud. Yeah. I believe it's where the spirit is leading. Yeah. Couple of reasons. Number one, um, we have a kingdom culture value, which is accessibility. We want to make it as easy as possible for people to experience Jesus. Statistically speaking, the time when someone is most willing to come to church is Sunday morning, yeah. right? So we're, we're going to follow and lean into our culture yeah. and say, hey, if we can do something that will allow us to reach more people, we're going to do it. Yeah. That's, that's one of the reasons. Here's the primary reason. About two years ago, the Lord started speaking to me, really speaking to me as I was reading scripture and understanding him deeper. And I come from a background where this particular day, carries some theological connotations. And I just felt the Lord say to me, it was about 2020, he said, Harrison, you're, you're keeping this service on Saturday for convenience, but you're also allowing a lot of people to be caught and stuck in this particular theological mindset that is actually keeping them enslaved. And when God spoke that to me, I spoke back um, and I said, okay, sure, we'll move. Um, but God, like, you got to find the place. You got to get the same rent as this place. You got to do the hard work. I'm doing nothing. But I'll give you glory. 
Uh, then the Lord slapped me in the head. And the cloud slapped me, theologically speaking. <laughs> and what happened was um, God just continued to bless our church, continued to bless our church. Andrell and I ran numbers on some things like late 2020. Um, and just like, man, we were just blessed. And we realized like we have the means to, to go and find our own spot. And so God said, listen, I've done the hard work. I've blessed you beyond belief. Now you go look. And so we began a journey to go look for a church building that we could have our own, that we could have access to 24-7 for small groups, for youth, for young adults, for, for, for all this amazing stuff. And, and we're doing it and we're finding this building for a whole bunch of reasons. I believe it's for freedom. I believe theological chains are going to break. I believe that the goodness of Jesus will be experienced by more people in this place. I believe our youth ministry is going to grow in this place. Where's Kim at in this place? Come on, somebody. Where's Shiloh at? Where's Mateo at? Let's go. Our youth ministry is going to grow in this place. Our young adults, we already grow and it's going to continue to grow in this place. We've been nomadic. We've been on the move. Now we have our own space and it's going to be amazing. And so we, we began to look and, the, and all of these things are in my head as far as the vision forward and what's going to happen. And so we started like late 2020. Um, <clears throat> and to be honest, um, I thought like God was going to do it on my timelines, right? Like, okay, like I got a plan, God, you're going to do it. And so I actually thought um, we'd be in a new spot probably last year um, because we started 2020. I was like, we're definitely going to be in there by 2021. Um, it's currently 2022. And um, <clears throat> I just believe that although it wasn't my time, God had a plan. Because to follow Jesus is never linear. That means he doesn't often work how I want him to work. But just because I can't see it doesn't mean he isn't working. Yeah. Exodus 13, I want us to see this. This is the nation of Israel being led. It says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. Can you underline that part in your Bible? God didn't take them the shortcut. Like they were going, Moses is like, hey, GPS says like there's a faster route, God. Like... But God said, if they go that way, they will face war and they might change their mind and return to Egypt. So God led the people around instead of through. Now, Moses is writing this in hindsight. And what that means is that in the moment, he probably didn't understand why exactly God was taking him that way. Like, why aren't you taking me the short way? Like, why are we going the long way? I got hundreds of thousands of complainers and cattle. Like, let's just get to our destination. But I want you to understand something. God isn't always linear, but he's always calculated. He's not always linear, but he's always calculated. Meaning he's always moving and working in a way that even though I don't see it, doesn't mean he's not working. You see, a lot of times we think that God's missing the mark, but the truth is our, 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 our foresight is just too shallow to see what God's actually aiming at. And so when it comes to our church building, um, like I wanted it to be last year. And I'm gonna be honest, I, I still don't fully know for sure why we're gonna be going into it fall 2022. Like I think maybe in five, 10 years, I'll have a little more clarity. Like, oh, that was why God wanted to do it exactly for this reason. So I don't know right now, because I can't predict the future. But one thing that I kind of see, which is interesting, that kind of just leads me one way, um, is I wanted the building to be done in 2021. 2021. 
remember it. Bring your minds back to that place. Um, simpler time. 2022. Um, gas, super expensive. Um, if you guys don't know this, we just hit um, record inflation this week. 8.1%. Highest inflation mark um, in 30 years. If you don't know what inflation is, my young people, um, it just means everything is more expensive. That's the simplest term of inflation. And so 2021, a little bit simpler economically speaking when I wanted it. 2022, economy's wild in, yet we're building a building right now. Why does God work that way? Does, doesn't really make sense to me because like we're, we're trying to raise money in the midst and in hard financial times. We're trying to raise hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like why did God choose this time? And I don't know for certain, but I have a suspicion that the reason that God called us and that we're building this building right now in the midst of these hard economic times is because one day we're going to look back and we're going to say, we built this church. We raised hundreds of thousands of dollars when the economy was the worst it has been in 30 years. Why? So that we can give God all the glory because it doesn't make sense. Our guy that's doing the HVAC in the new building, he asked me a pointed question. He said, hey, um, how are you guys able to afford this right now? Um, and I said, pretty simply, I don't know. It's just Jesus. It's just Jesus. He gets the glory. And for those of us that have been given, like, man, you are partnering with the Holy Spirit and what God wants to do in this place. But what I want to say, and, and for all of us, as we're trying to chase the Holy Spirit, chase the cloud, maybe your life doesn't make sense right now. Maybe, maybe the next step that God has for you is confusing. It's not clear. Can I encourage you? Chase the cloud anyways. Chase it anyways. Run after it anyways. Because what God has for us on the other side is better than anything that is before us. It may feel like I want to go through. There's a shorter way. There's an easier way. My way is faster, Jesus. I've been down this road before. But if God is calling you to take the long way around, the inconvenient way, chase the cloud. Chase the cloud because on the other end, there's a miracle waiting. I just believe for us, as we enter into a new season, there's a miracle waiting for us. We have not seen anything yet. It says, verse 23, band, you can come up here. We're going to praise one more time. It says, at the Lord's command, they encamped. And at the Lord's command, they set out. They obeyed the Lord's orders in accordance with his command through Moses. Can I tell you guys something? You want to see God do crazy, amazing things in your life. When God says, go, go. When God says, stay, stay. When God says, I got something better for you, believe he has something better for you. They obeyed the Lord's order. And I just believe right now, above all, the reason we're moving to a new space, the reason we're moving to a new season is because we're obeying where the Holy Spirit is leading us. And as we live in obedience to the Holy Spirit, I just have this belief. You can write it down like this. Our faithfulness will always lead us to a place where we see God's greatness. Our faithfulness will always lead us to a place where we see God's greatness. 
So I, I, I need to ask a question before I end. It's super simple this morning. What are you chasing? Can I ask it again? What are you chasing? Maybe for some of us in this room, you've been chasing more money. You've been, been chasing more status. You've been chasing a relational thing that you think will fill a hole in your heart. But at the very end of the day, I promise you, whatever you are chasing, it is a dead end without Jesus. It is a dead end without the Spirit of God living inside of you. The thing that you are searching for, whether you know it or not, is a life that is led by the Holy Spirit. My flesh craves control. What I actually need is the Spirit. And I, just, I need the Spirit of Jesus to guide my steps day by day. And I just believe that our faithfulness will lead us to a place where we see God's greatness. And so listen, right now as a church, entered into a new season, I think we're on the cusp of something new. We're being faithful to God today. But I wanna tell you guys something. Don't get comfortable. Don't get comfortable. Can I tell you something? The place that we are going is amazing. The vision and the dream that God's given me isn't big enough for that place. And so we're gonna stay there as long as the cloud is there, but when the cloud moves, we're moving again. So listen, let's stand up, church. I wanna, I wanna declare the name of Jesus one more time. Um, Jake, can you take my pulpit here? Thank you so much. Um, we're just gonna declare in this place, hello, gotten too close to the guitar over there. <laughs> that we have not seen anything yet. Come on, somebody, we have not seen anything yet. I want you, for a moment, if you can, to envision every cool thing. We, we, we showed the video, but everything that God has done in this place, every baptism, every decision, every tear, every friend, every family member that you have seen come through these doors, I want you to envision it, and then we're gonna declare, God, I've seen you do that, but I'm gonna see you do something more. Can we sing, church? Let's go. Thank you for listening to the message. We hope it blessed you and that you're encouraged and inspired. If you made a decision to follow Jesus or want more information about our church, head over to kingdomchurch.ca and we would love to connect with you. Be blessed as you continue your week.